0: This is the Winner's Take with host Nelson Rowdy Raisbeck and professional sports handicapper Dave Essler. Welcome into Winner's Take. I'm your host Nelson Rowdy Raisbeck, joined by professional sports better Dave Essler. If you want to find any of our work, you can find me on Twitter at rowdy underscore Razor. You can find Dave at Dave underscore Essler or his work at pregame.com. Dave, let's review what we did last week. So our official Major League Baseball picks went one and one. We ate some VIG, but continue to have a pretty decent overall uh, show. We had a mixed bag of results. But overall, the month of May has been pretty good to us so far.
1: Well, yeah, I would think it has. I mean, I don't remember feeling like shit. i not wanting to do the podcast the next day. So I know I get that way when I don't, I don't do well or I give out bad content. So yeah, I would assume we did pretty good, but you're the boss of tracking those things, buddy.
0: So far we had, uh I believe it was two losing podcasts in May and they were all small
1: losses. Yeah, no big deal. We move on. What you got going on today?
0: Yeah. So we are going to talk some major league baseball. We're going to get into the one NBA playoff game. And then I believe Dave has some either NFL or college football future props for us. But uh, let's jump right into Major League Baseball. First game that we're going to be looking at, as always, it's currently a a Thursday, May 25th. We're recording, but these games will be good for a Friday, May 26th. First game we're looking at here, Dave, it's going to be a 6.05 Central Time first pitch. It's going to be the Texas Rangers traveling to Baltimore to take on the Orioles. John Gray on the mound for Texas. You have Grayson Rodriguez on the mound for Baltimore. What are you thinking on this one? Because I actually like this game quite a bit.
1: Uh, Well, I don't know. It's, it's tough. I mean, Baltimore is off two ALE series against Toronto and New York and on the road. So it's not the ideal spot for them. I and mean, if you look at Rodriguez, there's a, there's a real oddity here. His ERA is over six. His whip is over 1.6. And yet, the Orioles are 7-2 and two in his starts. That would make me like the over or the Rangers' team total over. Uh, and Texas saw him earlier this season, so Rangers' team total is looking pretty good. And the Rangers' bullpen has an ERA close to 10 over the last weeks and not great on the road all year. Uh, and that simply means any Rangers bet would be would be totally back in gray and for the first five. Uh, but I can't get away from that total. Um, I like the over there, also. Yep, that
0: is exactly where I was going. Right now, the total currently at 8.5. I love the over 8.5 here. You mentioned how Rodriguez has seen the Rangers, and he actually threw pretty well. Uh, Five innings, gave up just two runs, and had an opponent's batting average below 200. Well, John Gray also saw Baltimore... Uh, Earlier this year, and he threw even better than Rodriguez did. So I think uh, that little zigzag theory that we've talked about, both of these teams, their hitters have the advantage to make adjustments here. And then you mentioned it. uh, The Texas bullpen is terrible. At least it has been even worse lately. And Baltimore has to play the night before, and they've played a lot of close games recently with them being AL East matchups. And they've been using the back end of their bullpen quite a bit. So a lot of their better relievers could potentially be down or uh, worn down a little bit. I love the over in this game. I think I might want to make it my best bet for the podcast. But I also was right there with you. If I had to back a side, it would be Texas in the first five, just because Gray has been much better as of late compared to Rodriguez, who... I believe in his last uh, three starts, he's been taken for over five runs twice. Maybe that uh, whip that you were talking about is starting to catch up with him.
1: Yeah, I mean, it it definitely is. And, and, uh, you know, you look at who he's faced, and, you know, he's beaten a lot of sort of of middle-of-the-road and down teams, and he hasn't been able to beat the sort of above 500 and contending teams. So I'm going to say uh, that he is maybe in trouble tomorrow.
0: So there you go. Uh, both Dave and I liking the over eight and a half runs in the Texas Rangers Baltimore Oriole game, maybe a Texas in the first five. Dave going to look at our second matchup here for Friday, May 26th. Going to go to a six ten central time. First pitch. It's going to be the St. Louis Cardinals traveling to Cleveland to take on the guardians. Matthew Libitor on the mound for the Cardinals and Shane Bieber for the Cleveland guardians.
1: Well, I, uh, I, I think Libertor is a, is a recent sub for Flaherty. No,
0: Libertor has been up here and there the last couple of years and is one of their bigger pitching prospects. But I think Flaherty was originally supposed to be somewhere in this timeline. Yes.
1: Yeah. Because I actually handicapped it with Flaherty on the mound. So um, I digress in, in the interest of time. Um, I can really tell you why I, uh, I I kind of like Cleveland here a little bit um, or maybe the over. I mean, you know, the Indians are going to be rested, but they've lost seven of nine. The funny thing is they are five games out of 500 and yet they are only three and a half games out of first in the AL central. So they're still kind of on go mode, I guess, if you will. And Bieber's Bieber's been good, but not unpittable. Uh, and the Cleveland Penn has been pretty respectable all season. Cardinals are also going to be rested. Uh, I think their pens are basically about a wash. Uh, the thing that I don't like about Bieber, I think that you know he's thrown a lot of pitches. He threw 106, which was a season high, uh, his last outing, and 100, I think, the game before or two games ago. So that's two games and over 100 pitches and only three all year. So for some guys, that's a normal pitch count. For him, it's not. Uh, so I, I would have to go uh, probably the under here in the first five and I'm probably going to lean Cleveland in the first five and hoping Bieber can get through five innings.
0: Yeah, so for this one, I'm actually pretty close to what you have. I like the under in the first five as well, just because Libertor is a pretty solid prospect. I know the the Cardinals really like him, and he throws left-handed. If you look at where Cleveland is against lefties, OPS and batting average, they're in the bottom few teams in Major League Baseball, and that offense just hasn't been good in general. And then Shane Bieber, I mean, he's only been lit up twice, and, and both of them have been inner division. So I don't fear all of a sudden he's going to have a blow-up start for us. And then my other one, I wasn't going F5. I actually looked for Cleveland the full game because I think they even have a little bit more of an advantage in that bullpen because as we speak and as we're recording, St. Louis is playing Cincinnati where Cleveland had the day off on Thursday. So uh, they should be ready to go with a better bullpen on Friday.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree. And, you know, maybe we want to look at Libertor's strikeout props over. Um, They've been really good to me this year. I know he struck out six against the Brewers, but, you know, he is left-handed, and so that really isn't a huge surprise. But, you know, where where, where Cleveland hasn't seen him, Um, you know, if you want so to sort of spread your risk around, I, I think if we can get a four and a half or a five, I think we could maybe take Libertor's strikeouts over, right? You know, the fact that nobody really knows much about him yet, unless you truly follow baseball might give you an advantage there.
0: For our second game, both Dave and I looking at the Cardinals and the Guardians under in the first five, maybe a, a Guardians first five play, maybe a Guardians for the full game, and then Dave liking Matt Libetor's, uh strikeout total. Let's go to our third game here. This one's an interesting one to me. Uh seven ten central time first pitch. We have the Toronto Blue Jays traveling to Minnesota to take on the Twins. Kevin Gossman on the mound for the Blue Jays. Louis Varland for the Minnesota Twins. Dave, I'm going to come out and say it right away because uh, I looked at the pitching matchup. I know just off the top of my head, Kevin Gossman is a big-time reverse splits guy. That hasn't rung true so far this year, but I I was scrolling through Louis Varland, and one thing popped out at me so far this year. He has given up seven home runs in five starts, and I know that this Toronto team is kind of notorious for being a slugging home run team. I actually want to back. I want to go back to Gossman's career splits before this year. I want to play Toronto in the first five on the run line minus half a run. I think they get to Varland here.
1: Um, I think you might be right, um, but maybe not. I mean, I, I. I... Definitely could go uh, either way with this if I wanted to. But the thing I have against Toronto is they're coming into this game having played 11 straight division games, and they play this afternoon. They're playing, as we speak, uh, at uh, Tampa Bay. So, uh, Gausman is not a lock here, especially when you factor in how bad the Jays' pen's been over that 11-game stretch. And now we're getting into warmer weather, and pitch count's important to me. Gossman threw 115 pitches in his last game and over 100 the game prior. So I'm not expecting the really good Gossman here. I mean, Minnesota is going to be rested. And Violin does have a huge upside, especially at home. Uh, and as you said, he's going to strike people out. He doesn't walk many, but he will give up the long ball. And I'm looking at maybe some Toronto players to hit a home run. You can get some some really good plus money on those kind of things. Um, and, you know, who would you take? I don't know Bobby Shett's been pretty hot. Um, that wouldn't be Vladimir Guerrero's been pretty hot over the last week. These would be a couple guys I might take flyers on that you can get a good price on. Anyhow, the Twins will have a rested bullpen, and they have been considerably better at home. So for me, I think the Twins run line is a sneaky sharp bet, and that's where I'm.
0: So we're gonna go head to head here. Are you Are you going uh, run line for the full game though? Yeah. See, I would. I don't think I can play Toronto for a full game, but I do. I think I would play the Toronto first five run line because I think they get to Varland. And like you said, they have had a lot of games in a row. They're, they are playing today on Thursday while we record this. But in that first five, I might get to uh, sneak around the bullpen.
1: Yeah, I can definitely get, uh, get to that for sure. Um, I, you know, if it's Toronto with that bullpen, it has to be the first five for sure. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to go with the upside. I mean, I'm going to make a lot of money in this game because I'm right on all counts. Yeah, I think you're maybe right about the Toronto first five, and I'm definitely right about the Minnesota full-game run line, and I'm probably going to make some more money picking a couple Toronto guys to hit it over the fence.
0: That is literally hitting almost every angle of that game.
1: Well, I'm trying.
0: <laughs> Looking at our fourth game here, We're going to go to a 7-10 central time first pitch. going to be the San Francisco Giants taking on the Milwaukee Brewers. Alex Wood on the mound for the Giants. Freddie Peralta on the mound for the Brewers. Dave, you know, this is the other one that I had a pretty solid play on. So me as a Milwaukee Brewer fan, know that the Milwaukee Brewers cannot hit lefties. Now, also me being a big Brewer fan – I know that Freddie Peralta has been absolute money at home, not only this year, but in his career, but specifically looking at him this year at home, the dude has only had one, and I won't even call it a bad start, but one not great start. All of his other starts have been quality starts. Six innings, less than three runs, most of them two or one, but... uh I actually looked at this, and I think you could easily point to the, hey, you know what, this game's going to go under. Currently the total is at eight, so a a full game under maybe, a first five under maybe, but I'm kind of looking at the Brewers here on the money line minus the 120. Uh, Freddy Peralta has been really good, but somehow when they've sucked to hit lefties, they've still found ways to beat lefties, and they're always in low-scoring games. Could we maybe find like a Brewers money line, uh low-scoring uh, parlay type if they let you uh, do it in-game?
1: You could, and I'm going to leave this one more or less to you, I think, because, you know, these two do play tonight, as, as you guys know. Uh, so that could be a factor tomorrow. Uh, but all things being equal, because we have to assume that they are, with the caveat, um, you know, the, you, there's your point. The Brewers against the lefty backed by a pen that's been basically unhittable in the last week. Um, but on the on the road, not so much. But, you know, I think I have to see how they do Thursday. And, you know, then again, Wood hasn't been solid since coming off the I.L. I think even the Marlins tagged him pretty good in his last start, which was at home. Uh, and as you mentioned, for the Brewers, do we get the home for any of the road, Freddie? I mean, I'm going to leave that up to you, but I certainly couldn't see taking it over.
0: Well, if you're worried about the game Tonight, I think the safe one would be if you're looking for the under, it would have to be the first five, and I still think. The Brewers, it's weird because they really stink against lefties, but they have a winning record against lefties and find ways to win like three to two games or two to nothing games. It's it's actually pretty incredible for how bad the offense has been.
1: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defer with you being the Brewers expert and those two playing tonight. I'm not going too far out on a limb until tomorrow morning.
0: I'll take I'll take the uh, the game under and I will uh, go with uh,
1: the Brewers on the money line. Fair enough. I, I actually do kind of like that. I mean, it's a cheap price for a home team with a good pitcher minus one twenty. I mean, maybe now they're overreacting to the and everybody in the world knows the Brewers slash lefties angle, and you know the books are accounting for that. So one twenty might be cheap there. I I would I would I would be inclined to agree with you.
0: Now looking at our final Major League Baseball game. For the May 26th Friday slate. Uh, Dave, we're going to go to a first pitch. It's going to be 9 10 Central Time. Pittsburgh Pirates are traveling to Seattle to take on the Mariners. You got Mitch Keller on the mound for the Pirates, George Kirby on the mound for, for Seattle. These are two pretty good young pitchers. Uh, did you see what the total of this one was? I thought I saw
1: six and a half at DraftKings. Six and a half. That is extremely low. Yeah, well, you have a couple of great pitchers and a couple of marginal offenses at times. So, you know, I I was thinking, I looked at this game, and you know, the Pirates are still over five hundred, and they're going to be rested. Uh, and you know, if Mitch Keller was on a big market team, he would not be twenty to one to win the NL Cy Young Award. He's given up just one home run in six starts. His last six starts, season long whip under one, and. Obviously, the Pirates have the rest advantage. The Mariners play tonight. I mean, then Kirby's been as solid as Keller. He's also 20-1 to to win the Cy Young Award. So, you know, we have two lesser-named pitchers from small markets that many might not know about. So, yeah, I'm going to happily bet the under uh, for the first five. It'll probably be three, uh, but I don't see four runs. I'm hoping for a a three-and-a-half, but I don't think we'll see it. And the only way I could play that is the um, under for the first five. And uh, I could almost be convinced to take Pittsburgh if I had to take a side.
0: Yep, that's exactly where I was going, Dave. I like the Pirates in this one at plus 130. It's because of some of the stuff we've already touched on. Uh, Mitch Keller has been really, really good. George Kirby, almost as good as Mitch Keller. Both relatively unknown. Both guys relatively unknown for the opposing team. I mean, this is an AL West versus an NL Central. These teams don't play very often. Uh, very little familiarity between these two. I think I actually found where the guy with the most familiarity with Keller for Seattle had like two at-bats. So it's not a whole lot at all. And then it's kind of a little bit of of reasoning where six-and-a-half is extremely low total. Like you hardly ever see something that low. And I looked at if it was going to be crappy weather or anything. All I really saw was that there was going to be about a seven-mile-an-hour wind blowing in you know, roughly mid-60s, so nothing crazy. Uh, But you look at these two teams, and with a total that low, I'm getting plus 130 on technically the guy that has slightly better pitching stats, and both of these offenses aren't great. I'll, I'd roll with the dog in this one.
1: Yeah, totally. The sad thing about that is because the total is so low, um, I, it'll probably go to seven, I think, but even at that, you know, because the total is so low, um, that's going to make the run line very expensive. Or I would, I could easily make the case for the Pirates' run line um, being a being a game of the year type thing. But Dave, let's but, think about it. If
0: if it's a six and a half total, whether it goes mm-hmm. to seven or not, I really don't care. You said you like the under. You would you were thinking about taking an under in this game. That means you're thinking at least six runs which that's even shrinking that total more, and I'm getting plus 130 where both offenses stink and the the guy we're betting on is actually slightly better and his team has a day off where the the opposing team
1: is playing the night
0: before, I don't know. I feel like that's pretty darn good value.
1: Yeah, no, no, I I totally agree with you. I was just saying I would even even feel better with an extra run and a half, Um, but I think that's going to be prohibitively expensive. You know, if the total were ten, it wouldn't be, but it is. Well, if I look at what the run
0: line is for the entire game, for the entire game, the run line is currently minus a buck sixty-five.
1: I think it'll end up being even higher than that tomorrow. That's the opener at DraftKings, so you know I can't put a whole lot of stock in that. I think that's low. You know, at minus one sixty-five, I'd probably do it, but I'll bet you that closes upwards of one eighty-one ninety. I know which two I'm gonna go with for the end of the podcast for our official
0: Major League Baseball bets. But let's get into the NBA, because for everyone that listened to our pod earlier this week, we both liked the Nuggets and the Heat, not only to cover the games, but to close it out. We got one of the two, but the Celtics extended the series. And I know all of the media is saying, well, if there's going to be one team to come back from 3-0 or one team that could do it, it's the Celtics much more talented, blah, 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 blah. So we, we go in here tonight, uh, May 25th. This is a Thursday. Heat taking on the Celtics in Boston. Celtics favored by eight. Total, depending on where you look at it, is 215 to 215 and a half. Uh, I got a couple of leans in this game, Dave, but I'm curious to know what you have to say.
1: You know, I don't have a huge opinion on it. I've been looking at the potential matchups in the finals. Um, You know, I, I think that, if I'm going to bet this game, I'm probably taking the Celtics in the first half. Um, I couldn't take the whole game because eight points is a lot to give Miami. But you know, if they're if they're down a bit in the second half, you know, say it's you know six to ten in that range, and it gets upwards of double digits and stays there, you know, I can see Miami kind of kind of mailing it in, figuring they'll win at home uh, or the next game at home, and uh that would that would probably preclude me from from taking the whole game here um yeah Celtics Celtics first half is about the best i could do there but like i said i've been i've been looking at the the potential Denver Miami final it may not be but you know let's assume it is what's really crazy right now you know there's only three teams left and the nuggets are minus 210 to win the whole thing miami is plus 390 uh, and the Celtics are only plus 460. I say only. That's not that much worse than Miami. And they're on the brink of elimination. And, you know, what that tells me is that Denver, if they play Miami, at least might be favored by more than they should be. Um, what I'm really looking at is a bet um, on the NBA Finals MVP. Uh, and I could make this bet whether Boston or Miami wins uh, because, you know, Jokings is minus 175. You know, um, go figure. He's their best player. Um, Butler and Tatum are plus four forty and plus five fifty, respectively. To me, that's a bit absurd. I mean, I'd take Butler at that price, but to be honest, you know, and you know this many times in the, it's not the star that wins the MVP or that kind of carries the team, and it's it's someone else. And to me, the best value back here, Jamal Murray at seventeen to one. Um, I don't see it getting any better than that. And he completely owned the Lakers. You know, he had 25, 37, 37, 31. Um, He had more than five rebounds three times, had more than five assists in every game, had at least two steals in every game. I mean, you know, he could, at 17 to one, I mean, I think that's just super value. So that's what I'm going to bet. And If you make me bet the game tonight, I'm definitely taking the Celtics for the first half.
0: So Dave, I got a couple of things for you. The first one, while you were talking, it kind of uh, made something go off is if you are somebody that loves to bet like the front runners and you talked about Nikola Jokic, wouldn't you want to bet him now? Because his odds are only going to get better, as in the fact that right now you have Jason Tatum, you have Jalen Brown, you have all these guys from the Celtics that might get eliminated tonight. Wouldn't you want to get the Joker's number right now before that pool shrinks in a pool of potentially some pretty darn good players that would be right in there?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. But you know, I started thinking and obviously some of one of one of those things has to regress to the mean. It's either it's cheaper to get Jokic or it's more expensive to get, you know, Butler or Tatum. Because if if Butler or Tatum are in the NBA finals, you know, they're not going to be plus four fifty and plus five fifty to win the MVP. So those are the ones I would probably bet now. Um Jokic, I don't know which way that would go. That's a good question. Um, I would think it would get better than minus two ten, but I could be wrong. But I think the I think the value, if you wanted to bet early, would be on the guys that are plus four and five hundred because once you only have about six possible guys that can win it, I don't see those odds staying where they are.
0: If you put a gun to my head, Dave, I would probably lean with the heat. I would, not,
1: I would not do that.
0: I would probably lean with the heat at plus eight, but that's not a bet that I really want to make. The one thing that I have noticed, and we've talked about it a little bit, so I want to get your opinion because this is slightly different. We talked about pretty much the entire NBA playoffs, like a zigzag theory, but that was more betting – on like the sides, like Miami plus eight or Celtics minus eight. One thing I've noticed with this series is the totals have been zigzagging, over under over under. It's on a zig of an over here, and also looking at it, I know Gabe Vincent is supposed to be a game time decision. I know it's the Heat, blah 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 blah, but he's a he's a good perimeter defender, and I'm just thinking if there is something wrong or maybe he is, uh, you know. This affects him even a little bit where he loosens up on defense. I could see, especially with the Celtics being home, being able to dictate the pace, they probably want to play a little more up and down than Miami. And if Vincent isn't 100%, maybe that total, especially because it seems like it's uh, on the swing for an over at over 215, might be what I look at to play.
1: Yeah, I can definitely see that. Uh, but I can't, I, I, I can't bet the total. There's just too many ways that things that can happen there. I mean, that total is like spot on to me. Um, but I would I don't know. I mean, you know, if Boston clamps down on defense, maybe not. Um I don't I don't um I'm not going near the total. That's all you
0: I'm s I was looking at the total just just for a little note here. The total has been 212 to like 216 and a half for every game, somewhere in that range. So it, it's it been pretty pretty close to the same total almost the entire series.
1: Yeah, and not too many of them have been too far off, I think, if I look. I, mean, I can look if you want me to, but to what the closing totals were on, on the other games.
0: I think that just from memory, from looking at it last night, the two games in which it went over went over by a decent amount, and the two games that it
1: went under uh, were pretty close. Yeah, I'm going to look and see what the what the closing totals were there. Um, Boston, uh, Betting View. let's see what we got here. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty close to what it has been. Yeah, the total's been 212, 214, 214, 216, 215. For 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 five games, I mean, there's like little deviation whatsoever, uh, and the first two games in Boston did go over, uh, so I guess you could make that case. Uh, but if you're on the zigzag theory, the last game went over in Miami, so you're back to an under. So there's too many variances there for me. Um, if you want the under, you can have the under. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stay far away from that.
0: All right, well. We'll see what ends up happening here on, on Thursday night. Dave, I know you wanted to talk about some NFL or college football, and this is kind of your part of the pod here. Uh, What were you looking at for some football futures?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at a lot of them, but one that I did bet, uh, I bet Frank Rice coach of the year at 20 to one. I mean, I think he's the perfect coach for Bryce young and, you know, he's a good coach. I'm not sure he didn't get a bad rap in Indianapolis. I mean, You know, don't forget, he was there when Luck retired, and that culture's never recovered from that. I mean, you look at the Panthers, they got one of the easiest schedules in the league this season, and in their own division, they might well win it. So, you know, what I did find funny, this you'll like this when I was going through, you know, who could win coach of the year. Who do you think was the coach with the longest odds without looking?
0: For coach of the year, um, if I look at the NFL, just real quickly, throwing up some of the teams, ooh, Probably uh, Eberflus with the Bears?
1: Uh, no, he actually was like second or third behind Reich uh, or in that general vicinity. It's Andy Reid at 50-1. to one. I mean, I imagine that's because the Chiefs are expected to. Well, but still, you know, suppose the Chiefs go undefeated. I mean, he's going to win coach of the year. I mean, I might put a dollar on that one. Uh, it's, I mean, I, I did find that kind of comical. Uh, but, yeah, I do like Frank Wright's point a bit to win Coach of the Year. I mean, you know, he's starting from scratch. You know, they went through Baker Mayfield and Sam Donald. And, you know, I, you know, we still have to – the jury's still out obviously, on Bryce Young. But, you know, I, I don't think – I think Reich is smart enough not to put him in situations where he's not going to thrive. I mean, and Reich has been a – he was a quarterback. I mean, he knows the position. So I really think, you know, if that defense holds up at all, I mean you look at their division, you know, they could win six games in that division uh without any trouble. Uh where is and, Frank Reich compared to Todd Bowles? Uh you know, I think uh I'll have to look that up. You you talk while I look at it. Well,
0: up. just because I I don't think Todd Bowles is a good NFL head coach. I think he's a pretty darn good defensive coordinator. I don't think he's a good coach and that Tampa Bay roster, it's aging and who the hell is gonna play quarterback? Kyle Trask, uh, Baker Mayfield? Like that team is definitely way worse on paper than the younger up and coming Panthers. I think the Saints probably are worse too. So I, I don't think that's the worst bet. I don't know. If I had to if I had to pick a team off the top of my head that I thought was gonna win the NFC South, I'd probably go with the Falcons and the Panthers.
1: Uh maybe. Um, you know, who are you who are you asking me about? Todd Bowles. Yeah, he is uh where is Todd Is Probably not yeah, he's uh, he's actually right behind Andy Reid at next to last. I was gonna say that that's yeah. one of the lo- the lower guys I ever would have put on there. Yeah, and your buddy Matt LaFleur is the fifth favorite at sixteen to one. I don't know about all that. Um but the other one I, I might actually look at is D'Amico Ryan's at, at Texas. I mean you know how much how much worse could they have been, and how much better are they going to be? You know, I don't have as much faith in Sprout as I do in Bryce Young, but you know, at twenty to one, they don't have to go very far. And the only team in that division besides them is Jacksonville. I mean, the Colts are not going to do do very good, and you know, I think Tennessee's on their way down um, without making a quarterback change. So yeah, it's it's uh it's not good. Even even your old boy Mike McCarthy is forty to one. So you know that'll tell you that there's some value out there for uh, some of these guys. I mean, because they always – oftentimes it's somebody that wasn't predicted to do well a particular team, and they end up all of a sudden doing well that wins. So that's where you have a lot of the top guys in there. I mean, Dan Campbell's the favorite, but, you know, so the Lions are a, are a heavy team. Sean Payton's the second favorite. Yeah, the Broncos could go nowhere but up. Uh, but, you know, they still, they're still still the Broncos, and they they still have the same talent they had last year. Uh so yeah, I mean you can get some of the uh better named coaches with decent teams uh, at some really good money. But you know, those teams would have to like super overexpede for them to win. So I'm gonna stick with my boy Frank Reich. Uh and I actually looked at a little bit of college football, believe it or not. Um and I made one better, but actually I've made a lot. We'll we'll throw them out as we go along. I bet the Texas Longhorns plus one twenty to win the big twelve camp conference. I think you know, it Sark's third year, I believe. And, and so he's turned everybody over, got all these guys doing what they want to do. And I just don't see uh, anybody beating him. I mean, Oklahoma would be the uh, second favorite, I believe in that division, but uh, you know, Oklahoma uh, when they, when they lost uh, what's his name to uh, Lincoln Riley. I mean, they just don't have the talent they used to have and they never have a defense. So I like the Longhorns to win the big 12 and if I'd like them to win the Big 12, you know, maybe somewhere I'll throw an even bigger future on them. Like, maybe they could get into the playoffs. I doubt it, but they should win the Big 12 conference at plus 120.
0: Basically what I gathered there, Dave, is you're you're about to throw up the them.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, my daughter lived in Austin for a while, so there's that. Um, but I, other than that, I, I just don't see anybody else giving them a run for it. I mean, I think they almost win by default with the talent I have. More than, more than anything
0: else. It does seem like that Oklahoma really fell off last year. And it's not even that Texas is that good. It's just that exactly. everybody else around them is good. Exactly. Kind of like the NFC South. Kind of like the Big Ten West.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Okay, there you go. I mean, <laughs> All right, yeah. Dave, real quick, before we get out of here, let's uh give out our official Major League Baseball plays for this podcast.
1: Oh, you want me to go first? I
0: mean, I can go first.
1: i You know what? I'm going to take the Twins in the run
0: line just because I know you hate it. We're going to do three here. Dave's going to take his Minnesota Twins on the run line for the full game. I'm going to go with the Milwaukee Brewers on the money line, minus 120. And then I think, Dave, we both really like the Texas Rangers and the Baltimore Orioles over 8.5. So I think those will be the three that we do a quick recap of the three we're going to do Dave and I both really liked the Rangers Orioles over eight and a half I took the Milwaukee Brewers on the money line minus 120 and then Dave likes the Minnesota Twins on the run line for the full game plus the one and a half runs uh there you have it winner's take make sure to follow us subscribe rate maybe even write us a review and until then we'll continue to crush major league baseball nba and i think we're going to start uh giving out little nuggets of, of college and nfl football so until then let's continue to win some money the winner's take is your podcast for
1: everything gambling at
0: MadCitysportZone.com in the zone app or wherever you get your podcasts listen rate subscribe